United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. The Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, has spoken out um, about China moving its forces along what's called the Line of Actual Control, or LAC, with India. Several areas along that LAC have witnessed some major military buildup, and Secretary Pompeo said, we see even today increasing forces of China moving up to the north of India on the, on the Line of Actual Control there on the India border. He was speaking with Mark Thiessen and Danielle Platka of uh, AEI, American Enterprise Institute. They have a podcast called What the Hell's Going On? So let's find out what the hell is going on, if I could borrow the phrase. Joining us now to give us a better sense of what is happening there on the border is Vikram J. Singh, Senior Advisor of the Asia Program at the USIP, the United States Institute of Peace. The tweet handle, Twitter handle is at VSJ underscore policy. Vikram, Vikram Singh, welcome back. Thanks for being on POTUS today. Hey, I'm glad I could join you. So tell us what we need to know about the line of actual control and the tensions. So this is the border between India and China that has never been agreed to ever since India's independence from Britain back in the 1940s. So basically you have a historically disputed border, and it's in some of the most inhospitable terrain you can imagine. We are talking the high, highest elevations in the Himalayas, you know, often over 14, 15, 16,000 feet in elevation. Um, and both sides over the years uh, have had flare-ups where their troops come face to face and they're, and then they sort of, they tend to settle down. Um, it often takes a few months. And this is one of the bigger flare ups we've seen in a long time. The last big one is in, in 2017. So, um, you know, two nuclear powers, it is, uh, they fought a war in 1962 uh, over their borders. Um, and so obviously it's something uh, concerning. Um, and it comes in the context of China kind of pushing with uh, neighbors all around, not just in the Himalayan mountains, but down in the South China Sea, out with Japan, uh, harassing Japanese fishing boats over with Taiwan. So it seems like China is sort of flexing its muscle uh, in every direction right now. The secretary did in that podcast I referenced say, we see these same kind of things with them attempting to build ports around the world as part of their Belt and Road Initiative, places where they can move the People's Liberation Army Navy. We've seen their continued effort to expand militarily. It's not just over the past six months. We've seen over the past number of years continued Chinese build out of their military capabilities. So is this a broader part of the Chinese uh, plan, if you will? Is it an imperialistic move? I mean, what's changed really dramatically over the past 20 years is that China has developed by far the most capable military in Asia. Um, and it has also, uh, you know, had the economic wherewithal to make tons of investments all around the neighborhood to do major infrastructure partners. So, uh, you know, China has a lot of carrots and a lot of sticks now that it can use in its interactions um, with countries in the region. Um, and I think that has been a challenge for um, every country that's, that, that na- that's neighboring China, um, and even for India, which itself is a pretty big economic power and, uh, and has a very major military. And if you look, both sides in these disputed border areas, one of the things they do is they build up infrastructure. So they build roads, they put in new outposts, they do things like that. And um, in this case, the Indians have been building new infrastructure, and the Chinese might be using that as an excuse to sort of say, hey, we're worried about what you're doing. 
um, and look for uh, some little changes on the ground. You know, a lot of times we're talking about a few meters or a few kilometers here, not large amounts of distance or territory. I wonder, this, you know, India is no stranger to having border uprisings or problems, obviously, with Pakistan, too. I mean, it, it just seems like this is another part of a, I don't know, if, 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 if this is very different, obviously, from Pakistan, but it does, it seems like it must be kind of frustrating to have those, those arguments going on with people across the border. I mean, I think one thing that's difficult for India in general is that um, it's it's had it has very it's had it has disputes all around on its periphery. So it has border disputes with Pakistan, border disputes with India. Um, also, uh, you know, it's not totally solid and agreed with Nepal, also with Myanmar. And so all around India has had these border issues. Um, in general, they have some pretty good mechanisms in place for managing them. Um, and with Bangladesh, for example, India actually resolved um, most of its outstanding, all of its outstanding border issues um, in several years ago, including ones at sea. Um, so even in this case, the Chinese and the Indians have specific like lines of communication. So you're going to see uh, three-star level military talks on June 6th about this. And they have diplomatic channels and they have diplomats on both sides who are dedicated to addressing these issues. So it's not like they don't have the mechanisms for talking and trying to de-escalate. Um, but it does show how India is having to contend with um, a more assertive China, just as other countries in the region are. Vikram Singh with us, senior advisor to the Asia program at the United States Institute of Peace. Has the language, the rhetoric being used by the Secretary of State and I guess other U.S. officials struck you as particularly harsh at this point? Is it appropriate in tone? How would you read between the lines for us? I think the uh, I think the administration is expressing a, a you know pretty appropriate level of concern on this particular issue. Um, you know, a lot of people have noted that the president did offer offer to mediate. That is not an offer that's going to be accepted by either China or India. Like I said, they have robust bilateral mechanisms for talking about these things. But you know, in in general, the administration has been putting it in the broader context of China's pushing the limits you know, all around. And they've referenced all these other areas where you see Chinese, the Chinese being more assertive and basically, um, basically saying, hey, it's our way or the highway to a lot of their neighbors who certainly don't have any way to um, at least physically or militarily stand up to China. And so um, I think they're being appropriate. I think it is an issue of concern. You know, how does China want its neighborhood to function? Um, does it want a rules-based order in its periphery? Uh, does it want people, you know, uh, all disputes to be resolved through peace and discussion and diplomacy? Um, I think that's really something that people are starting to wonder uh, more and more about based on Chinese actions. Finally, how does this play for Narendra Modi and how does this play for Xi Jinping? Well, if it turns into uh, more than a skirmish, I think it plays badly for both. So they, there should be an incentive to find a face-saving way out for both leaders because, um, you know, war at this altitude doesn't does generally is very difficult. And the and and uh, in the Chinese case, I think they're going to look like they were the aggressors probably in this case. You know, even if they don't like the fact that India is building new roads on the on the border, um, and the the Indians don't have a you know a great experience of, uh, of fighting with China. They didn't do well in 1962, and I don't think they want to have that tested. But it's um, you know. With the modern media environment, uh, you know, both sides get rejoiced nationalistic pretty fast. So there's a lot of anti-China sentiment in India now. 
Um, and so the political pressure uh, could be on. But I think in both cases, they would like to find a face-saving way uh, to get back to the status quo. Vikram Singh, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, glad to join you. Vikram J. Singh, Senior Advisor to the Asia Program at the United States Institute of Peace, long line of experience looking at these things. He was a leader in innovation and public policy, global affairs at the Department of Defense, the State Department, and advises the USIP in all aspects of peace and stability in Asia, including some of the regions we were just discussing. His Twitter handle is at VSJ underscore policy. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.